You ever wish you could go back and do it again because now you've learned stuff? Well, well, we're going to take a little imaginative flight back to our younger selves and teach them the thing or two that we've learned. I'm 39 years old and I'm going to go back and teach my teenage self some stuff. What about you, my mother-in-law? You're looking glorious. You're still young, <laughs> hey, right? you know. Uh, living the dream. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm proud of my age. I'm 61. I've lived and it's been a good, good life. I'm so blessed and so grateful. And so, you know, I'm in a great place. So, um, 61 but i would like to tell you know go back a little bit and to my younger self and uh you know before the when the trauma happened i wish i could have told myself some things um as i was growing and having some deep dark thoughts i wish i could have told myself some things then and and the things i've learned on the way i mean it's been a journey it's been and and it's you know, where I'm at, I'm so thankful and grateful to God that I'm here in a great place. And so I want to share that too. So there's a few things I'd like to share to my younger self. That's awesome. Well, let's kick off with one of those things. Like, what would you- You go first. You, okay, you tag your it. All right, I'm it. Oh, I like to be it. Okay, well, I was raised in South Africa. And so like, I'm going to speak to my high school self, like when I was, I don't know, between the ages of say 15 and 17, 18, 19, 20 years ago. Man, I was in such a myopic vision. What I'd like to tell my younger self, and if any of you guys are around that age listening, I just want to let you know the story is so much bigger. The story is so much bigger than than who the cool kids in school, what that girl thinks about you, who your friends are, getting the grades, climbing the ladder. The story is so much bigger than that. So I would definitely tell myself to relax a little bit it's not that serious i'd also tell myself that every season is special in and of its own way and so like i remember i've got my poems that i wrote when i was 19 and i was like oh, i'm missing out on life I'm, I'm behind the curve already at 19 i was feeling like i'm behind the curve there can ambition can be both a blessing and a curse and i would say it's great that you you want to accomplish these things but enjoy this season because it's all going to kind of come naturally. And so now I'm a parent and now I have no free time to be able to travel around and do the kinds of things that I was at 19. And yet there's a glory to this. And so if I could have been completely present in my 19 year old self, and I can be completely present now, that's beautiful. And I would imagine that my 60 year old self will tell myself now to not take it so seriously too. So I guess my message would be lighten up brother. Wow. Yeah. So I would like to go back to my very younger self and and my family dynamic. Unfortunately, the way we showed love was to insult each other and to, to I didn't know the word degrading back then, but some of it was like, you know, they were they were not good insults. And and I just remember because I was the youngest and the older ones would target the younger ones. And it was just me and my brother. My brother was was gone half the times at the, I remember the dinner table and I would remember eating and then running outside and crying and running to the school down the street just because I couldn't take all of that. To me, it was criticism and, and the like, you know, you're, you know, things that just popped up and, oh, you're, you know, 
you can't do this and you can't. And I was just being picked on, you know, that picked on. And But my family thought it was fun and it was joking and it was what we do. And, you know, you just poke fun at each other and it's lighthearted. But for this, I remember probably eight to 10 year old and, and going through my trauma too. So trauma, what made it more intense, you know, so I was more sensitive and I'm just a sensitive soul anyway, which I did not know. So here's to my younger self. This is what I would say. I had to write it down Nice, because uh, I am 61. So you have to write things <laughs> down. Sometimes. <laughs> so note to my younger self, you are a child of God. God will lead the way for you. Read his word, seek out his healing words. And um, that's probably what I would say when I was older. But when I was littler, what I wanted to hear was like, it's okay. That's just the way your family jokes around. Mm. They don't mean it to hurt you. They don't mean it to make you feel bad. That's how they grew up. They didn't know better. Mm. And parents didn't know better. They thought that that's how we got along. And then that it was all in fun. But that fun was hurtful. And it's okay. So you'll be all right. You just dust it off and move forward and think of God and you will be fine. That's what I needed to hear when I was like eight to 10. When I was older, this is um, Isaiah 35.4 for my anxiety and my depression. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come and save you. And if I would have known that, I would have I would have said, oh, okay, God's got me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm yeah. good. I'm good. But he didn't hear it. I needed to hear that when I was probably in the army and I was 19 and by myself and having those fears of, I mean, having those thoughts of, of wanting to not live. And, um, but now, now I know also that God gave you life and your gift back to God is to do his will with your life that's what you need to do you'll be okay focus on that and not the other and you'll be okay follow god's way and you'll be okay so that's a poet that's a poem coming look for it in the near future keep going. You, i'll get a little beat you keep going get the expressive <laughs> okay. format going. we're gonna sing a song for this then we're gonna I'm make down. our own song by the end of I'm this <laughs> So then I wrote a little bit more. Everything that happens to you is for a reason. Please know mm. that God will carry you through. He will put people in your path. So do not fall. God will protect you. Seek him and you shall find peace. Wow. Beautiful. What was that experience like going through and writing that to yourself? Oh, yeah. It's cathartic. Is that the right word? Yeah. Like yeah. healing. Yeah. Because, and it's okay to cry it out. It was intense. Those yeah. feelings I had when I was eight to 10 years old, I knew there was, I knew I was extra sensitive. I knew, but that was that trauma that I didn't know I had at eight years old. So that lent to it. Right. And so you're telling me I'm this, I'm that. And I believed you. I believed that I wasn't, no, I believed I wasn't good. And mm. then that trauma that, that, I didn't have protection on that certain piece of trauma I experienced at 14. I felt not protected by the people I should have been protected by. And that feeling, and it still comes out, um, what was wrong with me that I, 
you didn't want to protect me? Mm. Why did you let that happen? So what did that do to my psyche? It said, I wasn't, I wasn't worth anything. But I know I was. I just needed to hear that I was. But no one mm. was there to tell me. So this person who's healed, but still feels it from memory, wants to say, you're going to get through it. And God's going to show you the way. And he's going to put people in your path to help you and to lead you back to where you know you are protected, to know you are loved by God. By Jesus came down as the son of God on earth for us. And that includes me. So I would like that. I would have loved that, those healing words. And so whoever's in that despair, I know that despair. So I want to say to you, seek God's light. Like that lead me, Lord, lead yourself to God's word. His word will heal your soul. I promise you from God's mouth through mine to you listening. It's amazing. I, I've been dropping little zoom hearts. I don't know if the viewers can see it, but I think that this opens all of our heart because like, I mean, mine certainly resonates with yours. It's heavy stuff because I but it's real. I was, it, it is happened. Real. It happens. It happens a lot. And it's tragic. And I think like maybe one of the little points that I was picking up as you were talking is where do we put our trust? Because it, your message to your younger self was, hey, you don't need to put your trust in the way that your family operates. This is just how they do things. They're not really meaning anything by it, but they don't really know any better. So don't trust that way of being in the world. And then your message to your later self was trust God. He's got you. He's going to get you out. And then the bridge that you ended with is the word of God, which is the thing that you can build your trust on, which will orient your perspective. Because when you were younger, we don't know. The fish doesn't know that it's in water until it leaves the water. We just think that's normal. And what right now do we think is just normal? But it's absolutely not normal. Well, we need a mirror. We need something to bounce that this reality up against. And the word of God can be that because it's not just these scriptures that you have to memorize to be a good boy or girl. No, it's a paradigm shift. It's it's um, multi-dimensional messages. It's a message system from the ultimate being that transcends time to us and meeting us in our moments. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe it's where we put our fi- our faith and our trust is is a common theme from your story. What do you what do you think? Well, yeah, and and when I went through the divorce and custody battle with with my husband and and one of the things that got me out i call it a blueprint for life and i'm looking it up really fast here um because i tend to not remember verbatim um the words but it's by don it's a book called the four agreements by don miguel ruiz and it's based on toltec wisdom and so as i was reading the gratitude journal and learning that that's how it can flip the mindset of, you know, that was the past and you can leave it be and you can move forward. So how do you move forward? So I looked at the four agreements and one of the, the, the second agreement, which was sounded well with me is that 
don't take anything personally. It yeah. has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with their perception, their realities. And that was my family, right? Their realities, yeah. their their way of coming up, being brought up, their, their thought process, not yours. It has nothing to do with you. So don't take it personally. And then the other four agreements that go with it that we'll put in the description below and the links below. Just look below and you'll see the four agreement link. And that those four agreements really helped me until I was finding the word of God. That kind of catapult, like my blueprint for life with and, and coupled with gratitude and, and focusing on what I do have instead of what I don't have and how God is working through me. And so those two things is what like catapulted me over that, you know, those first little humps of, of going from depression and anxiety into, to moving forward and thinking with, with a sound mind of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. Because what I did find out in therapy too, is that there's no such thing as normal. <laughs> there hey. is there's no, there's no thing as normal, you know, normal is what's normal for you is not normal for me. <laughs> there's no, there's no measure of that. Right. So, and that's okay too. Yeah. It's okay. You can, as long as you're following God's ways and you're living his truth and his goodness in the word of and scripture, that's what you pay attention to. I mean, that's, that's what we're living for. How, what would you, you know, that coin phrase what would jesus do what what does jesus want us to do what is he calling us to do yeah. and that's why we're here right we felt this call we want to help others we we've been through this trauma we want to share what it's like on the other side yeah and, and here we are that's yeah that's so cool that's absolutely right and when you find that calling it's not it's the best thing for you. It's not like lame stuff. It's the best thing for you. Um, so I think that's that's really cool to be grounded in in that deeper understanding. And maybe as kids, we don't have anyone to show us that. And what we don't transmute, we transmit. And so we're transmuting the things that have been handed down to us so that we're not transmitting it onto the next generation and to the people around us. And that's what God does. He's come to bring people liberation. And I like that about the the scripture being that light to our path and just lighting up the footsteps because that's what I needed back in the day. So like, okay, so that was when I was 19. Um, it's like, hey, just relax, man. God's reality is much bigger than all of this drama. But when I was 32 going through my psychosis, I also needed to be reminded of scripture and the larger context because what happened to me, so it can basically meet you with an anxiety, it can meet you with psychosis, it can meet you with depression. But I was faced with a very similar three tests than Jesus was faced with in the desert. And I, I hadn't kind of joined dots at this point. If I had have known that there's a way to pass these tests and I could have looked to Jesus, I would have passed the test. But whereas Jesus passed each three, each one of those three tests, I failed every single one. So when Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit after being baptized by his cousin, he was led into the desert by the spirit of God to be tested. So like God, it, this adventure called life, it does involve like, it's like a gym. 
It's going to make us stronger. It's like a classroom. There's lessons to be learned. And so the first test to Jesus was, hey, man, if this is all in your mind, I bet you could turn these rocks into bread. You're hungry. That's a natural desire. Why not make bread? But Jesus knew how to use the context of scripture to say, but man doesn't live on bread alone. And he didn't decide to test that. And so he passed the test. But in my psychosis, I thought I could manifest everything because it was all in my mind. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll make it. And promptly got arrested because law enforcement didn't like my little show. If I had have learned from Jesus, I would have passed that. The second test Jesus had would being taken to the temple roof and say, jump down, man. You could probably fly, right? Because the scripture says the angels won't even let you stub your toe. And I just imagine Jesus thinking, well, it actually does say that. I wonder if I could rock up in the, in the temple. Then everyone would know that I'm the Messiah. I could save them all. And so, but then it shows us the lesson of using scripture in the larger context. You've got to find other scriptures. And if they contradict that, then you want to take that with a pinch of salt. So Jesus said, yes, but it says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. And he backed down from the roof and didn't jump off. Would we have known about Jesus if he had have tried to fly? I believe that I could fly in my so-called psychosis. And people on LSD and certain psychedelics believe they can fly. And it leads to a tragic end. So I had to put pictures of my wife and kids in my hotel room window to stop me from jumping out and testing this stuff. And so it got dangerous. So again, Jesus passed the test and and I failed mine. And then finally, the third one was Jesus was shown all the power and the glory of the world by the Satan, the accuser, just like the adversary in the court of law, the prosecutor, and said, bow down and worship me and you can have all of this glory. But I would imagine Jesus, I don't even know if he knew that it was the voice of the Satan up until this point. Maybe it it was his own thoughts going back and forth within his mind. But as soon as this force wanted to be worshipped, then it's like, away from me, Satan. And angels came and ministered to him. So he passed that one. But I was shown this kind of power. I could access psychic abilities. I I had verifiable proof that I could do this. I was like, imagine the power. And I decided to put all that to the test. And so promptly went to psychiatric hospital six times. And so, again, I think we can learn from the ancients. I don't think it's it's stuff that's not relevant. It's the same pattern that's being shown us time and time again. We have a God that transcends this life and who can meet us in the very moment and point us towards this thing that's much larger than our circumstances. So maybe throughout life, the scripture can be this kind of guiding point that meets us wherever we're at. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm just absorbing what you said. Um, <laughs> There's a lot there. Yeah, there is. And I, I have a little bit older brain than you do, so it takes a while to process. Process, have <laughs> a cup a of second. tea. Come on, just a <laughs> sip of tea helps a lot. So, yeah, no, um, you know, as we're talking, I just keep, you know, I kind of want to end with saying the four agreements because it, we we do look at scripture, but we can also look at different things. Like, like I said, the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz was the blueprint to lead me to scripture. It really was for a long time because I needed to know I was okay. And this helped me to change the mindset of, no, I, it, it's not me. I'm not the I'm not the bad person inside my head that I think I am. So I had to sift through that. And so I think we can find like, there's a lot of different books and, and through therapy, it also helped me. So the four agreements is the first one, be impeccable with your word, you know, speak out of truth and love. And that's God speak out of truth and love. That's what he tells us to do. Speak out of truth and love. And then don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions 
and always do your best. To me, that's wisdom. That's just wisdom of good living. So, and then now that I know scripture, that ties into scripture. Yeah. We don't want to gossip about our fellow man. We don't want to, we always want to do our best because that's God's path is doing your best and, you know, finding, finding his truth and seeking what gifts he gave you that you can use to, to help people here on earth, because that's what we're called to do service. Right. So, so that's, that's that the Beatitudes and Eckhart Tolle, where he's like the power of right now, especially when you get all anxious and you know, okay, live for right now, live in the moment. Don't think about what's going to happen because that will send you into orbit. Don't think about what's already happened because it's gone. You move forward and you stay in the power of now. So I think those things as well with scripture, I mean, life is not one dimensional. There's so many dimensions to our life here on earth. Yeah, they really are. And uh, Clement of Alexandria, who was one of the church fathers, he believes that the word of God is everywhere. The, the logos, that truth is everywhere. And it's busy prepping people for the recognition of the gospel. And so he believes that Judaism and the law was prepping the Jews to recognize the gospel when it came. And that in Greece, they were being trained by philosophy so that when the gospel came, they could recognize that. So, and there's this like natural revelation, which you can find the wisdom of God everywhere in nature and in these different authors and that kind of stuff. So I do think that so if I had to tell my younger self some stuff, I would say, hey, God's trying to speak to you, man. He's going to use any language that you're ready to listen. And then after you learn that, then I think you kind of within these different authors and within these different perspectives, then you get tested. And then there's a bit of a discernment. And I think the path narrows. You mentioned about the narrow path. And I think the path narrows and narrows and narrows until my perspective is that it leads to Jesus Christ and it leads to his reality, which is a broad reality. But uh, we've got to learn discernment and not to say yes to everything. Because when I was younger, um, it was just like, hey, anything goes, bro. Like if, if that works, then that works, man, and all that kind of stuff. And I see a lot of postmodernism in, in the youth of today and just saying your truth is your truth. Uh, if I could tell my younger self what to invest in, I would say to invest in uh, the ancient tried and tested wisdoms because it's not as boring as you think. It's much richer and more mysterious and enigmatic than you might think. And you could kind of build your house on that. Um, I like I've discovered some authors who I thought were really cool, and then ten years later, now with what I know, I look back and I'm like, oh, you, you're a little sketchy. Um, so I think that being able to build our house on the rock, I I like the four agreements, and I like some of the things, a lot of the things that Eckhart Tolle says and that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying that to my younger self, I would say choose to build your house on the rock, even though at the time it seemed lame. So any final thoughts that you want to leave our viewers with, or your younger self with, my mother-in-law? Um, yeah, I had a thought and it just passed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what I would tell my, my younger self, though, is that God gives you gifts and, and look out for those gifts because the gifts of, of like my gift of voice, um, it led me to, I needed a job when, when I was going through turmoil and I was a tour guide and that brought me joy. So, so pay attention to the gifts that God gives you because you can use them to get closer to God. And, and he, those are from him, like the, this gift of voice. I knew that God wanted 
he gave me a good speaking voice for a reason. And I was like, I was a tour guide. I was a DJ. He gave me that so that I could sustain so that it wouldn't give up on life, that I would have all these, the talents from him to live here life on earth so that I could be prosperous with it. And so, so having to do that and, and he gave me tenacity. He gave me perseverance. He gave me all these wonderful things. And an amazing son-in-law. You thank you, yeah. thank you, God. <laughs> you know, grab all the things. And like family, yeah. even though, like, like I've shared about my sister, even though we, we have so much differences, who was there for me when I needed it the most? My mm -hmm. sister. And for that, I can never be, you know, I can only be grateful. I can only be grateful. So whenever she makes me mad, I have to remember, you know what? Who was there when you needed her at the exact moment? My sister was there. And that's the loyalty of family. That's the good side of loyalty of family, right? So that, but who is that from? God. That's from Every God. Good gift so comes from my the father of life. Yeah. You know, everything good is God given and embrace it, take it, use it and, and go forward and seek more from God. Yes. You got the talents, you got five talents, make five more and well done. Good and faithful. In servant. God's name. In, In God's, God's name. name. That's right. So for those who are listening, if you want to get a little um, Jungian assessment of where your gifts may lie and your configuration, you can go to 16personalities.com where you can do a free version of the Myers-Briggs personality test. I wish I had done that when I was younger because that spoke to, like, I, I was like, how does this thing know me so well? And the next line was like, you're probably thinking, how does this thing know you so well? I was like, what? The... So I wish I had known myself back then. Or the character test, so because that helped me too, because when I was going through some stuff and I took this course online and it was like, you had to take this character strength test and that helped me like, um, uh, kindness is my character strength. So people say, oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, it's my character strength. I took the test. <laughs> Certified. I got the certificate if you want to see it. That's right. It's right believe. here. Do you believe me now? Do you believe I'm kind? <laughs> and humor. Humor. There God go. gave us humor. Yeah. He created right. He's a funny a fly. God. He created a fly, for goodness sake. That's humor from a God. Fly? <laughs> a fly? A mm. fly. That's God's <laughs> humor, see, That right? makes me laugh. That's... Class, I never thought about flies that way, but now I always will see flies that way. That's the so gift. God that has humor. Gag. He gives it to us. Use it. Because hey. laughter creates, what do we talk? Serotonin and all the good stuff. The dope. That, is it dopamine? And yeah. uh, what's all the other that. one? Mixed all that good stuff. Endorphins. All that good mixture. Yeah. Of, uh, serotonin, no, what was it? Me and my endorphins. The endorphins. Yeah. Laughter creates endorphins. And that gives you that natural high, which is God's high. Amen. Amen. Hi, hi. We're moving on up and uh, we're speaking right. to our younger selves. We're being directed by our future selves right now. And you guys, you're being directed by your future self now. You got you got a posse in heaven who's sitting there busy helping guide your path right now. Um, right. And thanks for tuning into our voices. And Thank hopefully you. there could be some benefit that God uses in your life. Catch you next time. Yo! <laughs> oh, my God. That was a cool